It's the Kevin McCullough Show live from New York each weekday. So glad you're with us at this same time. Uh, coming up, a very important conversation with Concerned Women for America's Allison Howard, uh, one of the uh, more articulate and uh, forceful uh, millennials in the movement of today. And we're, uh, we're going to talk with her about uh, a brand new Census Bureau set of information that uh, has something to say about moms. I think you're going to benefit from that. And then I'm going to tie that to what happened in St. Louis last night. Stay with us. This is the Kevin McCullough Show. Kevin, I like you. Musclehead is better than boned head. With me tonight is Kevin McCullough, with the Senate Educated Economist, Kevin McCullough. Joining us now, Kevin McCullough, who blogs at townhall.com. They found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. Author of Musclehead and Revolution. Overturning liberalism with common sense thinking. Calling on listeners from across the country to fight back. You're like a man. You take the wealth. You musclehead. Musclehead And a brand new week underway. Lots of news uh, to try to obliterate confusion around uh, Amplified Truth and Pursue Clarity. That's the goal of this broadcast each day. And we're grateful that you're with us. Uh, some of the headlines uh, this uh, this morning, the United States is now sending uh, weapons directly to the Kurdish leaders in Iraq. I find that to be an interesting strategy since uh, all this time, all we've heard from Washington is, no, we can't, we can't send them weapons uh, that would send the wrong message. Now we are course we we weren't going to send any more of our men and women into action over there now we are uh interesting story came out over the weekend the president actually tried to say that it wasn't his idea to leave iraq because now people are pointing to the fact that the vacuum that took place in our absence is what actually ushered in the child beheading killers that have come into the area and are wiping out uh, entire historic generations of uh, christian people by the way, the uh, leaders of the Iraqi church yesterday, the, the Christians across that region, uh, asked the American churches to be in prayer. I'm curious how many American churches followed through on that. be interesting to find out. Anyway, uh, there's, there's lots of other stories I want to get to, but I want to get to my uh, next guest because uh, Allison Howard is no uh, stranger to the um, uh, family, faith, uh, family uh, faith and values voters of America. She works with Concerned Women for America and is a spokesperson there. But she was singled out by One News Now to comment on some new Census Bureau information, and she joins us now from the headquarters of Concerned Women for America. Allison, welcome back. So glad you're with us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, talk to us about what the Census Bureau information is showing right now. So the Census Bureau just put out new studies that show, new stats, I should say, that one in five new moms in 2012 were living in a household that wasn't their own. Uh, as you said, One News Now kind of reached out to me to see my comment. And what I really would like to point out is that in some states, those percentages are a lot higher. In Mississippi, New Mexico, it's up to one in three new moms not living in their own home. So what does that really mean? Well, we don't know the marital status of these women. That would be really helpful. Are they married? Are they single women moving back in? But it's really neat the way that they're looking at moms right now, new moms, 
moving in uh, to homes that aren't their own, whether that's family members or boyfriends. Um, it started a neat discussion. What, what, what do you find so fascinating about it? Because I, 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 I don't know that I'm as optimistic about uh, this as maybe you are. So explain to me why you find it uh, good. Well, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily find it good. You know, of the 4 million babies born in 2012, 1.6 million of those were born to unwed mothers. And um, the reality of that is that women are in a, a unique situation right now in this economy. As a Christian women's organization, Concerned Women for America um, would come around these women, these uh, unmarried moms who are doing it on their own. Um, my own uh, dad's mom was doing it all on her own at one point, and it's really hard out there. You know, there's amazing people out there talking about those stories, and we all know those stories of single moms that work really hard to make ends meet. So if they're moving back in with family members just for it to be a support system, uh, a mom, a dad, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, that's probably a financial wise situation and a decision that they're putting themselves in. All right, uh, Allison, hold on. I got more questions for you. It's uh, the Kevin McCullough Show live from New York. Stay with us. Hi, it's Kevin McCullough, and I got to tell you a true life uh, story that happened to me over the weekend. Uh, the lovely bride and I were entertaining, and we had some uh, friends over. They have little ankle biters that are about the same age as mine, and they were running around in the backyard, and we were barbecuing some hot dogs and having some, just having a relaxing afternoon. And Amy, the bride of uh, the other couple, turns to me and she says, Hey, uh, my mom's been listening to you uh, on the radio, and she's been uh, telling me all about this my pillow thing. What, what is that all about? Said, in fact, my mom sent me on a mission to come over to your house today and get the real scoop. Do you have my pillows on your on your bed right now? I said, you want to go see? Uh, we didn't end up uh, showing her because we didn't have to. She had never heard my story. So I, I told Amy, as I've told you here on the broadcast, that a number of weeks ago, I got my first pillow from my pillow. Now, Mike Lindell, the creator of my pillow, uh, had, out of a personal sleep deficit in his own life, spent once, when he was 16 years of age, his entire paycheck buying the most expensive pillow that he could find. And he found the same beef with that pillow as he had found with every pillow in his life up to that point. They go flat, and they don't support your neck properly for you to get the right amount of sleep each night. Now, when I got my first my pillow 12 weeks ago, I was a skeptic. I said, I don't think this is going to work. It, this doesn't seem to be all that fancy. And I took it out of the packaging, and I put it on my bed, and I let it uh, fluff up. And I came back about two hours later, and as it was sitting there ready for me to go to sleep, it held, cradled my neck in exactly the right support. And that night, for the first night in months, I got REM cycle sleep. I had deep, deep dreams. And I have had that every night since for the last 12 weeks. Friends, I so believe in what this pillow does in my life, I went out and got one for my bride. We're going to give some for Christmas presents. I so believe in the value of this pillow and what it'll do to your sleep. I even asked my pillow, look, if we get them to buy one, will you give them one for free? And they said they would. So get a pen. Here's your phone number. If you need better sleep, start with your pillow because that's probably where it needs to be cured. 1-800-506-2641, and use the promo code KMC for Kevin McCullough. That's Kevin, Mary, Charlie, KMC, KMC, promo code, 
And when you call 800-506-2641, or you can just order online. That's much easier for a lot of people. MyPillow.com, and on checkout, use promo code KMC. But I will tell you, they warranty the pillow for 10 years. Who warranties anything for 10 years anymore? They'll give your money back, no questions asked, 60 days uh, from uh, the moment you get it. Come on, try getting better sleep than you've ever had in your life. MyPillow.com, promo code KMC. The Kevin McCullough Show thanks eHarmony.com, dedicated to helping Christians find their soulmates since the year 2000 with over 565,000 Christian marriages to date. eHarmony.com's calling is to bring couples together to share a lifetime of Christian love and commitment. eHarmony.com for more information. It's the Kevin McCullough Show, and we're talking about um, this incredible... Uh, amount of uh, data that came out of the Census Bureau finding for 2012, but it has to do with moms and who they're living with when they become moms. Allison Howard is our guest. Uh, she is a spokesperson for Concerned Women for America. And uh, just b- before the break, <clears throat> Allison, you were saying that um, it's 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 positive, it's beneficial for these moms, particularly if they're unmarried, to be living with. Uh, family and, and another living situation that is not their 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 base, especially if they're single. Um, and, and that may be a mom or a dad. That may be uh, an aunt and uncle. It could be uh, siblings, but but some sort of family support. Now, I'm a little bit skeptical. Would you agree that there are sometimes circumstances in which uh, you, you've got women living in situations that are not, quote, their own, that end up being very negative for them. Uh, now, if it's it's a completely different circumstance, if it's a new mom um, that's bouncing from boyfriend to boyfriend home, friend home to friend home, that's probably not a wise uh, financial or security choice for her kids. So we just don't know what uh, this looks like what these women, the situation these women are in. Sure. What we do know is uh, that women have been disproportionately affected. The president's policies have hurt women, single women. Kevin, as you know, voted for the president. 67% of them mm-hmm. voted him into office. And now, uh, whether it's a woman with or without children, their income has dropped 7% since he started. And that's huge. That's making people make tough choices like this. All right. Uh, we're speaking with Allison Howard of Concerned Women for America. Kevin McCullough, uh, glad to be with you. Uh, the phone number is 888-589-8840. Uh, Allison, talk to us about what we know, uh, how the lives of children are impacted depending upon the family environment that they live in. So let, let's just say, for instance, a mother that may be living on her own versus a mother that lives with a family or with her family or with her parents or with uh, a, a family unit like that. What's the difference for the kids specifically? Sure. Well, um, it's a reality that not many people want to talk about now, but there's social science studies show that kids do best with a mom and a dad in the home, that support system. And uh, some of us were blessed to experience it. Some of us were not. Um, But we should all acknowledge the reality of wanting that, desiring that um, support system for each other, mom and dad, and for the kids. Kids that are, and the president, I should say, Kevin, you know, the president even touts this. He wrote a book called Dreams of My Father. And talks about his fatherhood initiatives where, um, you know, young men particularly that are raised without their dads have a higher risk of being imprisoned. They don't do as well um, in their education. They don't make it as far in the workforce. And so these are just realities that and facts that help us 
to make good choices. And so we would advocate for young people to make good choices. Think about the man that you're going to marry and what that uh, will do for your kids and for your life as you as you move forward. So we can only make wise decisions. I said uh, I say this often. My dad used to tell me smart people uh, learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So let's look around the facts, figures, what works, what doesn't and advocate for the best for today's young people. All right. And uh, so let's follow up on that idea, though, there for a second. Uh, if we say that it is a it is a goal that we should aim at, uh, why do you think the underlying resistance exists to uh, help encourage society to move in that direction? Because if it's clearly statistically provable and you've got data to back it up and all these people would say, even the president would say, this is the best option, why do we keep doing things as a culture that undermines that very reality? Mm. Well, uh, that's a great question. And <laughs> Kind of the well, I excel question. in asking great questions, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question because everyone asks it. Why do we continue to have uh, riots? Why do we continue to see bad things happen to good people? But uh, for us as Christians, we would say that there's um, there's good and evil and there's uh, choices that lead to one or another. So, But I would say public policy needs to promote reality. We have public policy in place right now, Kevin, that disincentivizes marriage, that literally puts a price penalty on getting married. Things like that are dangerous. Well, and part of it, and but part of it is not, I mean, and, and this is what I really wrestle with. Part of it is uh, that the government's offering those incentives, but part of it is there's this underlying uh, kind of ethereal effect that seems to say, uh, marriage itself is bad, or if you believe in something traditional like marriage, that you're in some way backwards or regressive or in some other way damaging to the, the productivity of whatever next is to come. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's not right. just that we have data and that public policy kind of lines up against it. It's that there's this other message that's also uh, kind of undermining everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. You open any magazine, you watch TV, it is a joke. Marriage is a joke. But let's put it this way. If I saw people driving their car backwards uh, or wrong, I probably wouldn't want a car if it kept crashing into bridge, uh, you know, ditching off a bridge, running into obstacles um, and failing. My age group, millennials, are, are seeing it fail. Marriage is failing all around us. So what makes us want one? Why would I get into something that I've seen done wrong or I've seen done poorly? So the more and more we can be sharing good stories, I think it's great. You know, Politico ran a great story a couple, uh, two months ago on uh, the wives of these politicians running for office and how they're not just wives there to to clink cocktails, shake hands. These women are funding sometimes their husbands run for Senate or run for president. They're a team. They're working together. They make these choices together. And I think really positive uh, looks at marriage like that are helpful for my generation to see why? Why is this the best thing financially, uh, socially for us? Um, there's a spiritual aspect to marriage as well. It points to something bigger than yourself. It's not all about you. And that's a good thing. Anytime we can promote, especially my age group, to stop looking at themselves, start looking at each other and pushing us on towards something bigger than ourselves, that's a great thing. No, but you're right. Culture right now really does look at it the wrong way. Well, and, and just for example, uh, in the story that's on One News Now that uh, that you were quoted in, in the 1960s, you had um, 10% of the kids born outside of marriage. Now it's now it's 40%. In the African-American community alone, that singles out to about 70%. Allison, we have gone 
in a bona fide direction for about 40 years. And I, mm-hmm. I, to be candid, I don't know that there's a lot of hope of reversing the trends. How do you as a millennial feel about that? Sure. Well, I live it every day. I live here in Washington, D.C. I take the bus to work and I see around me a community that's hurting. Not only do I see in Washington a lot of wealth and then, you know, a a great disparity in um, the haves and the have nots, which, by the way, that gap has grown under this president's administration. It hasn't shrunk. But I see moms hoofing it to work, Kevin, every day with four kids in tow. And I look, there's no dad. There's no wedding ring. She's doing it all by herself. She's taking them to school before she goes to work so she can turn around and pick them up. She's doing the best that she can. Right. But we have to be pushing each other to take responsibility in the sense that men have roles here, that we should be empowering young men to take responsibility and accountability. And to answer your question, the left gives us no hope on that issue because they refuse to put the onus on men. Every time they continue to tout to women that the most important thing is abortion and free birth control, it takes all responsibility off of our young men from stepping up to the plate. And as soon as women can grasp that and realize that wise choices lead to a a great financial and, and social prosperity, upward mobility, then we have a chance here for this generation. I wrote about something very similar to that in my book, The Kind of Man Every Man Should Be, which answered the effect of what modern feminism had done. And I separate modern feminism from classic feminism in the sense that one fought for equality, uh, the classic feminist. Modern feminism fought for sameness. And they're entirely different, though the culture often confuses the two. And you're exactly right. When you give men the uh, there's no responsibility needed here card, don't be shocked when they play it. It's just right. in our nature to be that way. Um, lastly, uh, before you go, there may be some people uh, listening that uh, are not familiar with everything that CWFA does, Concerned Women for America. Give us the little uh, plug on what you and Penny and the rest of the uh, good ladies in our nation's capital are fighting for. Thanks, Kevin. Well, CWA was founded by Mrs. Beverly LaHaye, wife of Dr. Tim LaHaye. They were here last week in our office and now run by Penny Nansen. We're fighting hard on seven core issues, life, marriage, family, education, national sovereignty, and most recently, I'm so excited, support for Israel. We've taken that on and been working really hard, so we're actually planning a rally here in D.C. I think you might be the first person to hear about it. I'll keep you posted, but a Stand with Israel rally here in Washington, D.C., um, as Christians, as Americans, for our, our one and only ally over there. Well, so what, when are you, what are you aiming to have that um, uh, take place? Sure, we're shooting for September 14th okay. at 2 p.m. here in D.C. I'll make sure to send you all that info. See, see, since I'm leading a trip to Israel, my second trip in October, we're going to take, uh, I don't know, 30 listeners or so. Um, I, I, would, I would, of course, accept your invitation to come broadcast live that day and help you, and help you get the word out. This is how the magic happens. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Allison, it's always good to talk to you, and I appreciate your diligence. Um, Millennials, when they hear what you do for a living, uh, do they look at you kind of square? Is this kind of like, uh, why would you give yourself to uh, an organization founded by Beverly LaHaye? Is there a little bit of curiosity behind that? Yeah, well, you know, when we look away from our smartphones, there's a lot happening in the world around (laughs) us. And it's it's great to be able to kind of track with what's going on and, and step in here and educate and inform. Even my own two younger sisters asked me questions that 
they're kind of a great sounding board. They're saying, okay, why does it matter what the Supreme Court does on marriage? How does it affect me? Right. Those are really helpful questions. And that if that's what they're wondering, it's likely that's what a lot of our generation and of Americans are wondering. So I got to figure it out and I got to communicate it to you guys and, and to them. And so, that's um, one of the fun. reasons, ladies and gentlemen, what you're hearing right there, why I predict Allison Howard will have her own show on Fox News at some point in the future. Allison, thank you for being with us today. All right. Coming right back, it's the Kevin McCullough Show. Don't go away. The Kevin McCullough Show thanks eHarmony.com, dedicated to helping Christians find their soulmate since the year 2000 with over 565,000 Christian marriages to date. eHarmony.com's calling is to bring couples together to share a lifetime of Christian love and commitment. eHarmony.com for more information. eHarmony.com founder, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. From the very beginning, eHarmony has helped Christians find their perfect soulmate. And I'm so proud to share with you that 565,000 marriages have started on eHarmony.com. Most of those marriages are between two dedicated Christian persons. After years away, I'm back as CEO of eHarmony.com. And I am deeply committed to the importance of maintaining a strong allegiance to everything Christian marriage stands for. Who you marry will have more impact on your happiness than almost any other decision you make. We promise to do everything in our power to help you succeed. Make sure you trust this sacred task to a company that accounts for 438 married members every day. Go to eHarmony.com. And get started today for free. Hi, it's Kevin McCullough. And if you're a regular listener to The Kevin McCullough Show, you know that I spent some time in Israel this past spring. When I got back, I realized there are so many people that would like to go see the land of Israel. But I know that it's expensive and times are tough. So one of the things I thought I could do, just because I wanted to, was take some of the 1,000 photos that I took while I was there, distill them to about 400, and put them in a book so that people could see at least what I saw through the lens of my camera. I did not realize what a joy and blessing it was going to be to so many people. That's why we decided to offer it in the ebook format. Yeah, a photo ebook that you can download to your tablet, to your smartphone, or to your computer. And if you would like a copy of the Kevin McCullough photo ebook on his trip to Israel titled From Shiloh to Shalom, all you got to do is send me an email, kmcradio at gmail.com, and request Israel ebook. That's kmcradio at gmail.com. That's kmcradio at gmail.com. From great suffering came a solution. Communities. Serene, beautiful places where disorder became harmony. In a world where God, free will, and love were outlawed. Our people chose to do away with emotions. Those morning injections take them away. One person would learn the truth. Hello, my name. I know who you are. Who are you? The giver. When the elders need guidance, I provide wisdom using memories of the past. Secrets would be revealed. The way things look and the way things are are very different the young and the old are killed for the good of all of us they haven't eliminated murder they just called by a different name to save his world and the child who held the future he had to risk his life you can stop this you can change things jonas has become dangerous to restore what he'd been lost With love comes faith based on the worldwide best-selling book meryl streep jeff bridges the giver rated pg-13 parents strongly cautioned in theaters august 15th more information at Walden. 
The Kevin McCullough Show thanks eHarmony.com, dedicated to helping Christians find their soulmate since the year 2000 with over 565,000 Christian marriages to date. eHarmony.com's calling is to bring couples together to share a lifetime of Christian love and commitment. eHarmony.com for more information. What I find interesting about this is that I, I, I am with uh, Allison's assessment in that I, I think that if you do have single mothers and they're moving into family uh, dynamics, so they're getting back into uh, households where they have uh, maybe her parents or uh, some uh, kind of balanced uh, dynamic of, of extended family, uh, an aunt or an uncle, uh, you know, but an intact family, I think that's really good for the children of those moms. Um, but here's, here's the thing. And, and the Census Bureau said that maybe as much as 20% of the women giving birth in 2012 were living in someone else's home. Maybe as much as 20%. That, that can't be bad. The reason that I'm hesitant to uh, embrace this as like just rosy, rosy good news is because it's only 20%, number one. And number two, we're still dealing with a lot of uh, mothers that don't have an underlying commitment from the man in their life that got them pregnant. So... When, when, we're, when we're not constructing society in that way, oh, Kev, come on, you're some sort of sexist, uh, jerkish, uh, uh, you know, uh, backwards traditionalist. How can you think like that? All I have to do to understand the ramifications of that is to look at the front page of the Drudge Report today. Uh, the front page of the Drudge Report where you have people literally uh, turning into anarchists because they believe a police officer shot a teen unjustifiably. So let's let's break this down. A police officer may or may not have shot a teen that we find out later was unarmed, may or may not have shot, shot him without just cause. So this action takes place, and evidently the vacuum that society is all around it is so disconnected from any type of decency and humanity that it immediately sets off what now is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten headlines atop Drudge's main headline, which is also on the same topic, dealing with the violence and the looting and the um, uh, the crimes that are being committed in St. Louis because of reaction to this. Please hear me carefully. I'm not saying that there's never been a crooked cop. I lived in Chicago for a while. There were scandals in the police department while I was there. There have been scandals in the history of New York as I've lived here. Not as many recently, but there's been there have been scandals in police department you know, in Los Angeles. Notorious uh, scandals. So you've had you've had incidents in which police officers have done bad things and they've been brought up on charges and. For the most part, they've been given justice. Now, some people will say that's not true, and some people got away, and so forth. So them getting away with a crime now gives us the right to go knock over a convenience store or steal an ATM out of a, out of a place where it's installed to torch a different store and to, uh, and to literally uh, require very very heavily armored machinery to begin to respond to the violence it's that 
that that that wrong action, if it is in fact indeed wrong, is justification now for us to go literally nuts. See, this is where a dynamic of a mother-father household training, teaching the child a moral code, a moral worldview, encouraging and expecting productivity out of that next generation with that moral worldview and moral code intact, this is where when you start taking away pieces of that recipe, you end up with less than human people from the standpoint of how they view their responsibility to the rest of humanity. No, someone makes me angry, I get to turn into an animal. And maybe there's a lot of caged anger inside of some of these people that are, that are participating in this. But th- this, is, this is what I'm, you cannot convince me that the correlation between the out-of-wedlock birth rates of certain ethnic communities and, their re- and those ethnic communities' reaction to some events and connection to those events, you can't convince me that they're not, they're not related. I can't, I can't be brought to believe that. Now, let me clearly say what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that people react to certain things based on the color of their skin. But if the color of their skin happens to coincide with circumstances by which they have been groomed for life... In other words, if one ethnic group has certain trends that kind of pervade, uh, you know, on a a general basis, and again, there's exceptions to every general basis. If you make a generalization, there's always an exception to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving room for people to say, that's not me. But if you have a mindset that has embedded itself into a community, and it doesn't matter if the community's red, white, black, blue. It doesn't matter. You pass on values to the next generation, and they learn them more from what they see you do than from what you tell them to do. And so today, when you look at the, when you look at the, the grooming of young people in our country, and you see the birth rates in certain places, and you see their reactions in some of those same places to things that don't go their way, and then the, the larger amount of danger that that presents to a civil society as a whole, you can't convince me that there's not a connection there. L- let me move on to another example of what I'm talking about. We are, in, we are enticing a wholesale culture undermining our, our law-keeping society as a whole through the current immigration issue. People are not inclined to become immigrants to our nation lawfully if they know that by ignoring the rules they get here faster and do not have to do anything to show appreciation for the process. I saw one story this weekend where an Arizona sheriff said that his staff has arrest ha, they have arrested some of the illegal immigrants that they continue to pick up as many as 12 to 15 times each some of these people have been deported on more than one occasion and they're being reassimilated 
by by law enforcement in states where they're not supposed to be. What does that do to the core and the fiber and the moral backbone of the country when we continually say, no, you don't have to pay any attention to this. You, you just do what you want to do. And so what Allison's observation of that census, why that's important is it still draws attention to the fact that single parenthood is not the way to go. Single parenthood, lesbian parenthood, gay parenthood, uh, communes, whatever else you want to you want to you want to go down the path. They're all substandard. Every other parenting environment is substandard to the ideal, which is a mother and a father engaged in a healthy marriage, loving that child, training that child, grooming that child, which we are doing less and less and less of in our culture because government has told us that the schools will take care of all the training and government will take care of all of the supplying, housing, food, etc., so there's really not a lot of grooming that's necessary. And by all means, we don't want them being raised anywhere near a church because that just instills religious bigotry into the young mush mind's uh, brain. See, when we don't take the opportunity to lay the foundation and then to actively groom the children that God gives us the way that he intended, what we end up with is the burning down of the city of St. Louis. That's that's the way it works. 888-589-8840. And it's not ethnically related to DNA, though there, there are some ethnic communities, there are some demographic subcategories where you've seen correlation. And you know what else you've seen correlation of? Because let me, let me make this point. When you see the generalizations of XYZ statistics and they say this, 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 and this, I told you there's always exceptions. Look at where people have escaped ghettos and lifted themselves up through accomplishment, through advancement in their careers, through the uh, sticking together of their families, through the going through the hard sacrifices it takes to do what's necessary to not stay in the ghetto. And they can be of the same ethnic background and have completely different outcomes. Why? Because they're not grooming the same way. They're not grooming according to groupthink or to uh, random, uh, uh, you know, random uh, geographical assessment. They are grooming intentionally. They are doing it differently. They are staying married. They're having children within the context of marriage. They are expecting their children to not only attend school, but to graduate it's a whole different mentality. But where we get where we get in real real trouble in in our in our the way we think it's anytime we say someone else owes me. So if that's you, if you live in White Appalachia or the Black Inner City or the uh, Brown suburbs wherever, if you wake up in the morning and you say someone else owes me, you're out of line. Plain and simple. It's the Kevin McCullough Show. 
From great suffering came a solution. Communities. Serene, beautiful places where disorder became harmony. In a world where God, free will, and love were outlawed. Our people chose to do away with emotions. Those morning injections take them away. One person would learn the truth. Hello, my name. I know who you are. Who are you? The giver. When the elders need guidance, I provide wisdom using memories of the past. Secrets would be revealed. The way things look and the way things are are very different. The young and the old are killed. For the good of all of us. They haven't eliminated murder. They just called by a different name. To save his world and the child who held the future, he had to risk his life. You can stop this. You can change things. Jonas has become dangerous. To restore what had been lost. With love comes faith. Based on the worldwide best-selling book, Meryl Streep, Jeff Bridges, The Giver. Rated PG-13. Parents strongly cautioned. In theaters August 15th. More information at Walden.com. Kevin McCullough. And if you're a regular listener to the Kevin McCullough Show, you know that I spent some time in Israel this past spring. When I got back, I realized there are so many people that would like to go see the land of Israel. But I know that it's expensive and times are tough. So one of the things I thought I could do, just because I wanted to, was take some of the 1,000 photos that I took while I was there, distill them to about 400, and put them in a book so that people could see at least what I saw through the lens of my camera. I did not realize what a joy and blessing it was going to be to so many people. That's why we decided to offer it in the ebook format. Yeah, a photo ebook that you can download to your tablet, to your smartphone, or to your computer. And if you would like a copy of the Kevin McCullough photo ebook on his trip to Israel titled From Shiloh to Shalom, all you got to do is send me an email, kmcradio at gmail.com, and request Israel ebook. That's kmcradio at gmail.com. That's kmcradio at gmail.com. It's Kevin McCullough. You know, my business partner, Stephen Baldwin, has always been invested in his health. He's got a busy schedule, and it hasn't always allowed him to eat very well. But when Stephen came across a technology that turned whole foods into supplements without losing any of the nutrient content, he knew he had to take advantage of it. The result is called This Life Now, a line of supplements named for one of Stephen's favorite scriptures, John 10.10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God gives us eternal life, but he also wants to give us abundant life, exactly where we are right now, and This Life Now helps us achieve just that. So we want you to go to the website and try it for yourself. You'll get more whole food nutrients per day. You'll get more energy and better overall health, more time to enjoy the abundance God has provided. Would you get online? thislifenow.net thislifenow.net or 844-592-5433 that's 844-592-5433 providing whole food nutrition in convenient supplement form that's thislifenow.net Kevin glad you're with us. Uh, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We're talking about the the story out of St. Louis in which you have um, a candlelight vigil last night for a young unarmed black man who was fatally shot by a suburban uh, St. Louis police officer. Uh, You had unrest that followed that. Crowds looted and burned stores, vandalized vehicles, uh, threatened uh, citizens and officers. Um, who tried to block access to different parts of the city. Nearly three dozen people were arrested. Tensions erupted after that uh, candlelight vigil for 18-year-old Michael Brown, who police said was uh, unarmed when he was shot multiple times Saturday in a scuffle with an officer uh, in Ferguson, Missouri. The investigation into what led to the shooting is ongoing. 
But Ferguson Police Chief uh, Tom Jackson told the AP on Monday that the FBI is taking over the case and that he welcomed the move. Now, I think that I think that bodes very well. Uh, I think that I think that law enforcement, I think that the vast majority of people that serve in law enforcement uh, do so out of a desire to help their community. Uh, I don't think you go into uh, police work. You certainly don't do it for the pay. And I don't think that you do it uh, for any other reason, really, than your concern for the safety and the well-being of your fellow citizens. And yes, I do believe there are some bad cops. And yes, I do believe that internal affairs exist for a reason and that they should. And that when you and when you do something that breaks the rules, that you you pay for it. And if the guys in uh, the uh, in the um, New York case, uh, when they put uh, the guy in the chokehold, if, if it's proven that there was some sort of malice or that they didn't follow protocol and they and they should lose their job or go to jail, then so be it. I'm not justifying bad behavior by police. What I am continually amazed at is the inability for people to be mentally tough and strong when things do not go their way. So you have, uh, I, I, I do not, to this day, I do not believe that uh, the guy who shot Trayvon Martin went out that night intending to kill him. I don't think that the officers that were trying to arrest uh, the, the guy here in New York who, who weighed nearly 400 pounds and had been arrested 32 times previously, I don't think that they were trying to kill him. I think he got unruly. I think he was breaking the law, selling cigarettes one by one when it's clearly not allowed. And I don't think he was cooperative. Now, does that give them the right to kill him? No. Um, I, I don't think that the officers in St. Louis last night intended to uh, kill this boy unless they genuinely thought that he was about to do something to them. And I don't, I don't know the specifics of the case, and if the FBI gets into it and uncovers things, then let justice be done. I'm all in favor of punishing uh, wrongdoers, especially those that, that wear the badge, because if they're wearing the badge and they're doing wrong, it's worse than if they're a citizen and they're doing wrong. But part of what I am continually um, puzzled by is that when something goes bad, the answer is not to demand justice. The answer is, now I get to be the most inhumane person on the planet. I get to go knock over vehicles. I get to burn down and loot stores. I just get to be uh, an animal at that point in time. There is no, and friends, try to think about it in the context of what we're seeing overseas. You're the, you're the Christian family being run out of wherever with ISIS on your tail trying to, you know, dismember your kids and make you convert and all the rest of it. I mean, do we really do we really have it that bad here? Uh, for for Mr. Biggie uh, here in New York that was selling the cigarettes and then he couldn't breathe and, and he, he had asthma and he ended up dying from the, the chokehold. Was it really that imperative that he be selling illegal cigarettes 75 cents each on the street? Was it that imperative that he get belligerent with police officers? Oh, who, by the way have the right 
to stop him from selling the cigarettes on the street. That doesn't justify them purposefully trying to kill him. If it's proven that they did that intentionally, they should go to jail for it. But but where does it where does it where is it written that as soon as something doesn't go my way, I have the right to basically do whatever I want to everyone that's around me? I don't think we're a good country. I don't think we're um, good people when that's our knee-jerk reaction. And the fact that they had to arrest dozens last night, and those are just the ones they caught. There's a lot more that will be arrested in the days to come because everybody's got security cameras and so forth. That's going to that's gonna change. And you cannot convince me that the lack of fathers in the homes don't make a difference on all this. You'll never be able to convince me of that. You have kids. Kids need dads. End of story. 888-589-8840. Let's talk to Al in Mississippi. Al, welcome. You're on with Kevin McCullough. Glad you're here. Hello, Al. Al, you're not there, so we're going to move on. Let's go to uh, Jim in Illinois. Jim, welcome. You're next. Hey, Kevin. I really appreciate uh, your ministry. Kevin, Thank you. you said it very well. I think it was Lincoln said, that goes the family, so goes the country. He's right on the mark. Okay, I don't know if it was Lincoln or not. I think it was, but whoever said they were actually correct. You know, my question, Kevin, where, where is these loud-speaking Al Sharptons and Jesse Jacksons? Where are they at when this issue of 70% of black children born out of wedlock? Where are these men at? You hear in all sorts of rallies. I will tell you their time. reaction to that, Jim. Uh, what they say, if you ever have a chance to bring that up to them, they will immediately look at you, call you a racist, and say you're uninformed as to what you're discussing. I think the statistic is fairly accurate, Kevin. No, it is. It's I mean, it's dead on. Yeah. According I mean, to the I, according I to the census things that we've seen in the last several times, it's it's completely accurate. But they will yeah. they will just out of hand refuse you know refuse to acknowledge it, and then move on to the other things. Well, Kevin, you, you're you're absolutely right. But hey. I have bad days too, Kevin, but that doesn't justify me becoming a raving anarchist. That is, that is no. We have they have you know. We I'd like to think we're a country of, of of the rule of law. I'd like to think that, like you said, if those policemen did something incorrectly, then if we get to the details and find out there was wrongdoing by the police force, I agree with 100 percent they should be punished. But Kevin, that doesn't justify those of us who don't like the way things come down to go out, throw window, throw chairs through windows, harm other people just because we feel like flexing our muscle, shall we say. That, that well, and I don't even think it's that. always that. I honestly believe a lot of this stuff, when these things happen, is because you just have other people that go, oh, I can go get myself a big screen. Nobody will catch me. Because the confusion will be so rampant. The uh, why, why did an ATM go missing last night in the store that was there? Because some hooligan said, oh, they shot so-and-so. Ah, everybody's going to be up in arms. We're going to take this. It's this kind of idea that, whatever, I am my own boss. I am my own God. 888-589-8840. Let's talk to Barry in Georgia. Barry, you're next. Hi. I am my own God. Barry in Georgia. You're up next. Barry. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Uh, it's Kevin, and I'm doing well. Kevin, Thank you for your call. I'm sorry, Kevin. That's this okay. Is, I'm actually coming from Florida. And I was listening to your um, station, the radio station, and I'm enjoying right. your conversation. Thank you. 
Yes, everything that you've touched on is very, very good. It's only one thing that I wanted to speak to you about. Okay. What I spoke to the coordinator at first is I would like for you to speak about everything that's negative in the country and then kind of elaborate on it in a way that you can paint a picture to see why these things are happening. Because I agree with you on the part about these people shouldn't be out looting and all of this stuff. But at the same time, we have a history in this country where you have police brutality, you have all of these different things, and these police and the ones that act like that are no better than the ones that are looting and everything. So actually, I put all of them in the same category. I kind of would agree with that. I mean, when, when you catch wrongdoers, I've actually said this many times. I said it 10 minutes ago on this broadcast. Uh, when you catch a law enforcement person doing something illegal or uh, wrong, uh, it's, it's far worse than if the average citizen is doing it. Because when you are wearing a badge, you represent a moral code, a code of authority that has been given you not only by the country, but also by God. So in some degree, as God's agent, you are, uh, you know, leaving a mark on him in your bad behavior as you uh, cir- circumvent the law that you're there to supposedly enforce. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If, if cops are doing bad things, then they should be held accountable. The problem is... Uh, you know, for every one incident that we've seen, uh, you know, think of think of the major incidents that you can count over the last couple of years. Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. the chokehold in New York, this kid in St. Louis last night. At most, you have maybe uh, six, maybe nine police officers involved that actually had anything to do with, with those actual events taking place. And you have literally millions of police officers that are, uh, going about their job every single day with a sense of duty and propriety, and it's as though we ignore what they do when one or two do something that is wrong. And I would like to see wholesale communities say um, we are extremely disappointed in uh, you know in in this uh, action by X Y Z. But we are not going to lower ourselves to these standards to respond to it. We are going to go to court. We're going to fight this out. Because I think, uh, Barry, if someone like Dr. King were alive today, I think he would look at incidents last night and he would he would mourn with the family of the of the teenager that ended up dead. Yeah. But I think he would be equally vociferous in his condemnation of the the animalistic behavior that roamed the streets of St. Louis afterwards. He would be rolling over in his grave. You're definitely correct. Hi, it's Kevin McCullough, and i got to tell you a true life uh, story that happened to me over the weekend. Uh, the lovely bride and I were entertaining, and we had some uh, friends over. They have little ankle biters that are about the same age as mine, and they were running around in the backyard, and we were barbecuing some hot dogs and having some, just having a relaxing afternoon. And Amy, the bride of uh, the other couple, turns to me and she says, Hey, uh, my mom's been listening to you uh, on the radio, and she's been uh, telling me all about this my pillow thing. What, what is that all about? So in fact, my mom sent me on a mission to come over to your house today and get the real scoop. Do you have my pillows on your on your bed right now? And I said, you want to go see? Uh, we didn't end up uh, showing her because we didn't have to. She had never heard my story. So I, I told Amy, as I've told you here on the uh, broadcast, that a number of weeks ago, I got my first pillow from my pillow. 
Now, Mike Lindell, the creator of MyPillow, uh, had, out of a personal sleep deficit in his own life, spent once, when he was 16 years of age, his entire paycheck buying the most expensive pillow that he could find. And he found the same beef with that pillow as he had found with every pillow in his life up to that point. They go flat, and they don't support your neck properly for you to get the right amount of sleep each night. Now, when I got my first my pillow 12 weeks ago, I was a skeptic. I said, I don't think this is going to work. This doesn't seem to be all that fancy. And I took it out of the packaging, and I put it on my bed, and I let it uh, fluff up. And I came back about two hours later, and as it was sitting there ready for me to go to sleep, it held, cradled my neck in exactly the right support. And that night, for the first night in months, I got REM cycle sleep. I had deep, deep dreams. And I have had that every night since for the last 12 weeks. Friends, I so believe in what this pillow does in my life. I went out and got one for my bride. We're going to give some for Christmas presents. I so believe in the value of this pillow and what it'll do to your sleep. I even asked my pillow, look, if we get them to buy one, will you give them one for free? And they said they would. So get a pen. Here's your phone number. If you need better sleep, start with your pillow because that's probably where it needs to be cured. 1-800-506-2641. And use the promo code KMC for Kevin McCullough. That's Kevin Mary Charlie, KMC, KMC promo code. And when you call 800-506-2641, or you can just order online. That's much easier for a lot of people. MyPillow.com. And on checkout, use promo code KMC. But I will tell you, they warranty the pillow for 10 years. Who warranties anything for 10 years anymore? They'll give your money back, no questions asked, 60 days uh, from uh, the moment you get it. Come on, try getting better sleep than you've ever had in your life. MyPillow.com. Promo code KMC. And let me just add very quickly, um, it doesn't have to be. He's talking about the totality of things. It doesn't have to be this way. I think if we put fathers back in households, I think if mothers and fathers are raising children together, I I think we stem a lot of the problem here. And I think that as you bring up whole households, Children are taught to have a respect for the, the police, and the police have more of a respect for uh, the citizens that they serve. I think if you go into neighborhoods where the, where the trust level has really broken down, and what's ironic is you have a lot of, in African-American communities, you have a lot of African-American police officers that are treated exactly the way the whole rest of the police, for, even if they live in the same neighborhood. I mean, that's that's the part where it just begins to, like, fall apart. You're like, there's no sense to this. And part of it is um, some of our civil rights leaders embed in these communities this idea that all police are pigs. And police get a chip on their shoulder because they feel like they're at risk of, you know, having something horrible happen to them every time they drive down a street. So there's a mutual distrust between the two ends of the problem here. And... There's a lot of work to be done, but a new foundation in the home 
where parents are teaching moral codes to children. Children learn that the moral code exists for a reason, and they, they go out and become public, productive members of society that are, that are living their lives based on a moral code. I think you end up making a different culture, and that's what we really need. We need a culture of individual responsibility and personal accountability for our actions. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Let's go to uh, Adam in Missouri. Adam, welcome. You're on with Kevin McCullough. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I could probably go on for hours and hours. I'll just make it very, very quick. You had a caller on a little bit ago that I think just kind of, I mean, just compounds what you're saying. The one who talked about boycotting the churches and stop tithing in general, first of all, I'd like to say that the tithing is extremely biblical. I mean, look in the Bible, it's there everywhere, um, particularly in the Old Testament, but even in the New. And also, this idea, and, and you see this so much in, amongst, amongst people who call themselves Christians nowadays, and it's just this attitude over and over that I shouldn't give to the church, but the church should give. What we have to understand is the church does not give money to people. The people in the church give money to people. If the the church does not just go out and pick money off trees in the backyard. If the no, Adam, I, th- I think we all them. understand that, yeah. I, I understand, but it's, it's that same attitude that some someone else should give. Adam, I don't know that he was—I think his real beef is with the uh, very lackluster— um, teaching and doctrinal queasiness that has infected well, and, and many I, of the of the bigger seeker churches and i i kind of share his frustration well, and, and on I that agree. but but tithing that. and just to be very clear tithing is taught in the old testament giving sacrificial giving is taught in the new testament there is not a percentage that's assigned to that so the idea of giving is and i think it's a spiritual law that if you give to those in need god will give to you i think that's a very uh, easily supported spiritual law that exists in the, and I've seen non-believers give in great amounts to help relieve suffering of people, and I've seen God bless them. Having said all of that, I don't share the idea that you don't you don't give. I'm a strong proponent of giving, and I believe that giving is vital to part of living an obedient Christian life, if uh, if that's important to you, and I hope that it is. So much so that I'd like to push you over to our uh, to our website, uh, DoMuchGood.com, because that is where. For $92, you have the ability to actually feed an orphan for the entire year uh, ahead of us, uh, for all of 2015. And in, the, in years past, we have uh, fed thousands of uh, children uh, as the uh, year has drawn to a close, and we are wanting to do uh, that very same thing this year. DoMuchGood.com, uh, and if you uh, would like to uh, phone in a donation, you can do that from the uh, 800 number listed there on the website. But at least read about what we're doing. DoMuchGood.com. Kevin McCullough, we will see you tomorrow right back here.